Today's podcast is sponsored by RBC Insurance. RBC Insurance, we believe that employers play a central role in supporting the health and wellness of Canadians. We're here to help. Go to rbcinsurance.com slash group dash benefits. Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hi, welcome to Canada's podcast. I'm your host, Celine Williams. And today I'm joined by Julie Godry, who is the head of group benefits at RBC Insurance and who has a fascinating story of how she got into the insurance game. Uh, so Julie, welcome to Canada's podcast. Thanks for having me, Celine. It's a pleasure. So um, yeah, I do have an interesting background. Often people wonder how somebody with my uh, background ended up in insurance because uh, prior to joining RBC, I was practicing chiropractic uh, for about five years or so. And one might wonder how you go from clinical practice into uh, working for a, a really large bank. But at the time, uh, I was really, really passionate in terms of my patient care. The piece I loved the most was the health promotion piece. So the advice I was giving my patients on how they could lead a healthier lifestyle to improve their health and, and honestly probably need me less. Um, and so I, that was the piece I really uh, was passionate about in my work. And so it, around uh, mid 2000s or so, I started thinking about, oh, how can I focus that, uh, my career in that direction more so? And, uh, you know, around that time, uh, RBC was one of those leading employers that was thinking about employee wellness when a lot of companies weren't yet. And, uh, and so I was hired specifically to develop and launch our employee wellness strategy at RBC um, and had the fortunate uh, position of now, instead of counseling one-on-one -on -one with patients, I could do that for all of our employees at RBC. And so spent quite a bit of time uh, doing that there in human resources, responsible for our wellness and our group benefits uh, for employees. And then in about 2014, I made the move from RBC over to RBC Insurance to lead our group benefits. Uh, business, uh, which is what I do now. Um, so now I'm getting the opportunity to not only, um, you know, continue to support uh, groups of people, but we're encouraging employers to bring all of our products and services to help their employees lead a healthy lifestyle. So getting to affect many, many Canadians uh, with the products and services we make available. I, I love the focus on the impact, right? It It's the it's that one to many kind of impact that you clearly yeah. have now. And that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Very rewarding for sure. I bet. I'm curious. And my guess is that our listeners and viewers, some of them may not understand or know what a wellness program is that you mentioned or what, a, you know, how that relates to group benefits or if it does or what that is. And I'd love if you could explain that a little bit for those that are thinking, I don't know that I necessarily know what those yeah. things are. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people aren't sure even, you know, the nature of the insurance we provide. And so I often tell people, well, well, if you work for an employer that provides group benefits, that's that coverage you have when you go to the dentist or go to see a massage therapist, or uh, if you ended up unwell enough to not work and had disability coverage, that's what group benefits is. So that's the product that we sell employers to make available to their employees to support them for their healthcare claims costs. But related to that, uh, you know, employers and the group benefits providers that support them uh, over the years have increased our focus on what else can we do beyond just make it easy for you to submit a claim? What can we do to proactively help you lead a healthy lifestyle? Or if you end up unwell, how can we support your recovery? So it goes beyond just uh, paying claims and helping people lead a healthy lifestyle, whether that's making it easier for them to access care 
making programs and services available that they actually can, can you know, follow along in terms of healthy living advice. Um, so there's a variety of things we do beyond sort of the traditional uh, role of group benefits. And are those wellness programs, and forgive my ignorance if this is an obvious question, but are they sort of part and parcel of group benefits or are they like the add-on or, you know, I have no idea how it works. Well, well, that's evolved too over the years. So, you know, I think when I joined um, RBC in 2006, I mean, wellness was certainly not something all employers were doing and it definitely was not included in your group benefits. So, um, you know, that was just not the way we, we still had to sell the idea of wellness back then to, to, uh, to companies. And, and nowadays wellness is no longer that nice to have. It's that need to have, right? So employers, they have a vested interest, of course, in their employees being healthy, happy, and productive. And so they want to make programs available um, to support an employee's health. Um, you're more likely to be engaged and productive with your employee, with your, uh, with your work. So um, employers are looking for uh, an easy way to support their employees' health and well-being. Um, and that's the role that we play as group benefits carriers. And, and in terms of whether it's included or not, I mean, not too long ago, it wasn't. It was something that employers had to, to buy. And definitely there are some services that employers will choose to purchase and invest in their employees' health and well-being. And then there are other aspects that we as insurers uh, include in the cost of group benefits because we know that it's just become a need to have in terms of uh, the products and services we bring to our clients. It's really interesting because it sounds like there's been a very distinct evolution from what you're saying and my minimal knowledge inside the group benefits industry let's and i recognize maybe you can't speak on the behalf of the whole industry but it sounds like yeah. from your experience you're seeing these these trends and changes and and this is one of them are there any others that you've seen or are there, are there any other kind of trends that maybe you're seeing are coming as well yeah i think one of the other biggest trends or or topics that has gone from a little bit of a discussion to a key area of discussion over the years has been around mental health so, uh, you know, when I am, um, mental health has been important, obviously, for a very long time, but not that long ago, it wasn't a topic that employers and employees were really comfortable talking about. We certainly didn't talk about it at work, right? We didn't, we didn't admit that we needed, that we were struggling and needed some help. Uh, employers were nervous about talking about it because how might employees interpret that? And what if people end up sick and off, off work? So it just was a, a, a subject that had a lot of stigma around it. And while that stigma still exists today uh, in some capacity, you're seeing now uh, a tremendous growth in terms of people's comfort sharing that they're struggling and needing some support and putting up their hand and saying, what's available to help me? You're seeing employers talk about mental uh, health and well-being way more in the workplace, whether that's having uh, discussions around what it means to promote your mental health or speaking openly about the mental illnesses uh, that people face and how people can get the help they need to recover. So it's a topic that has uh, grown. It's always been important, but it's grown in prevalence uh, in terms of how much we're hearing about it and also the role we play uh, as employers and as group benefits uh, providers in supporting employee mental health. So that's been a a huge evolution as well in terms of comfort, understanding of the importance and sort of the obligation to do something about it because how much people are struggling. It's really interesting because while I haven't worked in like a full-time corporate job in a while, I did for 11 years. And I, I distinctly remember that that was something that was not spoken about. And I worked, in, you know, I did HR coordinator role stuff for yeah. a bit. And it was like, theoretically, part of what we were talking about, but it wasn't in practice. 
And it, it was very much sort of under the carpet. And I love that it is much more out in the open. And I love that in general, in the world, we talk about neurodivergence and all these different things now. So it allows people to be themselves, right? And there's Absolutely. authors and psychologists and people getting more and becoming more and more prominent talking about this. So I think it's, it's really interesting to hear how and what the changes are inside the world of group benefits and how it's showing up there as well. Yeah, I mean, group benefits, mental health, so depression, anxiety, and other mental illnesses. I mean, we all know, right? We've all heard the stats that one in five people will be uh, impacted either personally or through someone that they know over their la- over their lifetime. Um, and as a group benefits provider and as an employer, you're you're aware of that for a variety of reasons. I mean, one, uh, you know, if somebody's at work and struggling, their productivity uh, or their, you know, ability to deliver on their job may be negatively impacted. Um, if they've unfortunately become so unwell that they're not at work, um, you know, it's one of the top reasons why people are on disability is for uh, mental health related claims. So it's really important and a, a big area of focus for employers and insurers that support them. I did not know what that what you just said. I did not know that fact that it's one of the biggest reasons that people are on disability. I think that's really important to highlight as you know, as we're talking about the changes in the industry and what's happening is that by including mental health, by having this be part of the conversation, that the impact is that you will enable people to not have to take that or take it less or, and it's not about about them, right? Them feeling healthy. They don't have to take that step back. That's right. And, and knowing, knowing where to turn. I mean, of course, we'd all love as employers, as employees to, to prevent all illnesses that end up people in, uh, of course, <laughs> you know, uh, the likelihood that we're going to do that is, uh, you know, ambitious perhaps, but, uh, you know, what can we do? We can certainly make people more aware of, well, for one, as an employer first, we can say, okay, do I have supports in place? Right. And that's where the insurer comes in, you know, working together with the employer to see what can you do to make things available. Uh, and support available to those employees. And then as employees, right, we need to know about them. We need to actually reach out and use those services. So, uh, you know, there's been a lot of change over the years in terms of not just speaking about the issues, but also the nature of the support that's provided. You know, I mean, back in the day, the the, the only support we might have provided an employer might say, well, I have an employee assistance program. And that is super important. And we make that included in all of our group benefits as well to our clients. Um, because it's that spot that people can pick up the phone, whether it's in a crisis type situation and they need counseling or they're thinking more proactively about some of the challenges they're facing. But they need more than just that, right? Is it about how much coverage you provide for psychology benefits? That too has seen a, a, a lot of growth over the years. There was a time we didn't provide a lot of that as employers. And now you're seeing employers and, and our clients are investing in, in greater limits in terms of the amount of coverage available on, uh, each year for mental health support. And then there's other aspects too, right? Uh, what else can we do? Can we provide uh, self-directed online tools that people can use at their leisure to address some of the challenges they're facing. You know, so that might be, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with cognitive behavioral therapy, but it's a modality used by many mental health therapists. And there's a lot of great CBT type tools out there that uh, we can make available digitally that people can uh, self-serve, work through, you know, CBT-based modules or challenges to help think about the things that are challenging them and what they can do differently to address them. So 
there's a lot of additional support that we can make available now than perhaps the traditional, which was just uh, you know a small amount of group benefits coverage and uh, a, a nebulous EAP that nobody knew what it was back in the day. Um, and you might call it if you were in crisis. It's it's really changed now in terms of what we do. So it's interesting because it sounds, and I remember having an EAP and not understand, like I remember not understanding what it yeah. was exactly or when to use it. So it sounds like one communication has around what these are has changed significantly and improved, yeah. but it also sounds like there's more ways of accessing information, more, there's a more of a variety of how you do what you do that's going to work for you as an employee, probably also as an employer, but as an employee, right? Like if yeah. I want to be self-directed and and do some online courses or watch some videos, it sounds like there's more options that would work for me now when, than there was when I had an EAP. Absolutely. Right. And, and listen, we still need that traditional employee assistance program type support, regardless of who you are. So, you know, you need to sometimes be face to face with that counselor to work through that traumatic or, or, or short term situation you're facing. Um, but it does, you're right. It provides a ton more support beyond what people think of. There's other uh, online articles, educational tools, self-assessments, supports for researching, uh, you know, support that's available in your community. Uh, so there's lots of lots of ways in which you can leverage a traditional employee assistance program. And then to your point, what else are we providing? So again, it's uh, perhaps it's a a digitally delivered wellness solution where an employee can, through their app, they can look up quick short um, videos or articles about a topic of interest to them, whether it's healthy eating or how to manage a specific stressful situation or how to work physical activity into their daily routine, especially now that we're all at home. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, or they can, you know, take it a step even further and can they use their benefits coverage perhaps to go the traditional route and go meet with a therapist they need to, to speak with, or if they can't do that because there isn't one close to them or they're not comfortable leaving home because maybe they're in the middle of a pandemic, um, they can use their phone and they can connect just as we are today um, and access the care. So we're removing a lot of obstacles and recognizing that what's right for one person to help them lead a healthy lifestyle is going to be very different for someone else. So we have to bring a variety of resources available and meet people where they are and, and help them do what they need to do to get well. I love that. I got very excited when you said that, because <laughs> to me, that's the most important thing, right? Is you can't force someone to do something that's never going to work for them. That's not in line with how they learn. That's not in line with where they are right now, what their comfort level is. So I love that there's this, that there are options and it really is about here's a number of ways we can do this. You get to choose what's going to work for you in this moment. As an employee, I think that's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And and having sort of the the that recognition from your employer that they recognize that for you that might mean, you know, taking a a walk or a run in the morning before work that not only is good for your physical health, but for me, I'm a runner. So, I mean, I clear my head a lot on my runs. Yeah. <laughs> I joke that I've probably saved lots in therapy by, by being a runner. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, you know, that's me, that's not for everybody, right? Somebody else is going to uh, want to take a different approach to their physical and mental well-being, And, and, and yeah, we have to make different, different approaches available. Through RBC insurance group benefit solutions, Business owners and their employees have access to a range of flexible solutions, including a state-of-the-art wellness program, virtual healthcare, life, disability, 
health and dental insurance, and more. Go to rbcinsurance.com slash group benefits. So I'm curious with the, you know, 2020 being what it was. And still sort of is. <laughs> it's, that's right. The year that never ends is what 2020 yeah. apparently is. But I'm curious if you saw any trends or changes in how people are access or what they're looking for in these benefits or, or how they're being offered or like, I mean, I'm sure there were, my guess is there were quite a few and I'm curious what you saw or if you can speak to any of that. Yeah, there's definitely a few critical things we saw. So, and, and we're not unique, all, all benefits carriers were, were seeing this. Um, so I think a few key things happened. One, you think back to March, April, and when the public health measures were introduced to help quell what we didn't know what was before us, and we're all asked to stay home and businesses were closed. So the impact there was twofold. One is our clients, who are businesses, um, were struggling with the day-to-day operation of their business, and depending on what industry they were in, very disrupted. And so we had to think differently about how we support them in terms of their ability to continue to provide much needed benefits to their employees. Mm. Then there was the impact to the employees themselves. All of a sudden, they couldn't get to the care that they wanted to get to. I mean, the, the, the clinicians that they were visiting with, their offices, many of them, their offices were closed. So we, in the very early days, you know, we had a few hypotheses, if you will, that we thought that were going to happen. Uh, we were pretty sure we were going to see a dramatic drop in, um, in, in claims use in the early days, which we did uh, across most claims types, not all, but definitely all of those claims types that require face-to-face kind of care. So seeing your dentist, going to the chiropractor, uh, yeah. getting a massage, uh, massive drop, obviously, uh, that happened and hit its lowest point in the, in the early summer months. But we also saw others that didn't change so much. So for example, if we looked at visits to the psychologist or to see a psychotherapist or a social worker, while they aren't as prevalent to begin with, the drop-off that occurred was much less significant. And, you know, we said, okay, well, why is that? Is it because the demand for mental health was obviously there and, and remained high, if not heightened over that period of time? That's probably one reason why we didn't see a drop off. The other reason is, you know, like we were talking about earlier, psychologists probably had a much earlier pivot to virtual delivery. Um, they were already doing this long before March 2020. Um, it's just the prevalence of video counseling now is much more significant. So. What we've seen is in the early days, you had a lot of practitioners scrambling to figure out how they were going to continue to provide much needed care, whether that meant PPE or new public health and physical distancing measures, or whether that meant what what part of my practice can I pivot to digital? And so we saw a tremendous move towards virtually delivered care. Mm -hmm. I I mean, we were seeing that move prior to 2020, right? The way we get all our goods and services (laughs) has been moving to online. But all of a sudden, we were thrust into an environment where most people were asked to stay home. Right. Um, and certainly, if they were had the type of job that didn't allow them to work from home outside of work hours, they certainly were home more. And they couldn't just go pick up or go visit the, the providers they normally would see. And so we saw a quick move to virtually delivered care. And so you saw group benefits carriers make a lot of announcements, ourselves included, in 2020 around new or expanded virtual care solutions uh, to support because we recognized people needed it. We needed to find a way to get to people uh, where they were in their homes. 
and get them the care that they needed because the care, the need, we talked about mental health being important for a long time. It was there already. Now we just knew it was going to be exacerbated. And that's something we've been monitoring too is what has the mental health of our, uh, of the employees that we support? Uh, how has that changed over this time? Are people struggling more? You've seen all the headlines we all have, right? I mean, mental health is a, is a struggle uh, already, but that much more so in 2020. And so we've all sort of rallied to say, what else can we do to support people uh, through this really troubling time? So I'm curious, and it's, you know, I want to make a really quick comment. It's funny you say that because my doctor's office, my doctor's in a hospital and, and they sent out a couple of, you know, I've had a few virtual meets and they send out all these surveys. Like, how would you feel if this continues to remain virtual? How would, yeah. how was your Zoom consult? All of that sort of thing. So I think that, that even in the more traditional settings of clinic in a, in a hospital, they're really starting to think that way. Absolutely. And so I can see very well what you're talking about in the shift. I'm curious because you mentioned that as an insurance provider, and correct, please correct me if I have misunderstood what you said, but yeah. it sounded to me like you said, as an insurance provider, you've been looking at different ways to support people virtually or to provide that virtual support consults, whatever it is. What does that look like from the insurance provider perspective? Like if my doctor goes virtual, she goes virtual, it feels kind of like that's her decision. So what is it? How right. does it, what does it look like for someone who has one of the the programs that includes this now or could include this? Yes. So, so there's a couple angles there. One, probably the most simplistic one is what types of care can be delivered virtually and do those remain an eligible claim under your benefits plan? So as an industry, we got there really quick, right? In terms of, I mean, all of the healthcare colleges also got there fairly quick in terms of what can and can't be delivered virtually. And therefore, you know, what is going to be covered if you submit a claim. So, so that, I think we got over that hurdle really quick and, you know, forced to really, um, would we have gotten there as fast as we did uh, in the absence of what happened in 2020? Probably not. So that's, that's one angle. The other angle is, okay, what else? So beyond just covering the claim that they have, whether they went to go see a psychologist or, you know, did an emergency consultation with their physiotherapist on an injury that they sustained, you know, beyond being able to cover those things virtually, what else can we do? Mm. And so, you know, one of the things we thought about in 2020 was, okay, we've got needs from the employee side of things and from the employer, right? They're struggling too. Uh, you know, imagine now having to manage for many industries, certainly not all, um, manage a remote workforce. Even if your employees are in person, you're now managing a workforce that is experiencing something they've never experienced before, right? So there's fear of getting sick. There's financial uncertainty, right? Is my job stable? I mean, look around what's happening around us. Social isolation, right? Yeah. Those, those aspects are really significant drivers of people's mental health. And so now you're managing a workforce that is likely facing all of those challenges. What do you do as an employer, especially if you're an employer who's working from home? So when we set out to say, okay, what else can we do? We wanted to make sure, one, that there was support in place for the employees. So beyond the traditional group benefits coverage and a wellness program we already had in place and some other services we already had in place, we said, okay, let's make sure people can get the self-directed online type of care that they can. Uh, and so some provinces made that free um, and some didn't. So we filled in the gaps for those provinces that didn't have coverage. So we made sure that our that employees that were covered through us could get an online self-directed CBT type care. And then for the employer, 
Uh, we said, okay, what can we do for them? I mean, most employers aren't spending their day-to-day, certainly in a disruptive year like 2020, thinking about designing and implementing a new mental health strategy. <laughs> as important as it is, they're just trying to survive and manage their business. Yeah. yeah. And so how can we help them with that? And so we brought in um, online uh, webinars uh, for all of the people managers uh, in benefits plans with us that they could get free uh, manager mental health training. So we uh, partnered with our EAP and wellness program provider, and we brought to them uh, webinars on topics like, you know, managing a remote workforce, uh, basic mental health training, you know, what to look for, what's the role you play as an employer if you identify someone struggling, how do you make an effective referral to somebody to get the care that they have? So we provided that training to managers um, as well, because we recognized they needed support too. It wasn't just about the employees, the employers themselves needed some support in weathering this year and knowing how to leverage all the benefits and wellness solutions they already pay for and bring them available to their to their employees. So that was that was really well received. We had some tremendous feedback from from uh, managers who took the training, most of which saying, I mean, not only did they appreciate and really enjoy the, the training, but said that they could take practical things that they learned and apply them uh, in their day-to-day work in supporting their employees. So uh, something that we're planning on continuing to, to look at ways we can support both managers so that the employers as well as the employees as we move forward. I think that's really powerful that you that it was a focus on both pieces, right? I think oftentimes the reaction is to provide extra assistance or whatever it is to the employees. And we forget that Because yes, managers are also employees and leaders are also employees, but there is a different level of what they're handling. And so I really like that, that you were very intentional and thoughtful about, we want everyone to feel supported in the way that works for them to meet them where they're at, to go back to that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we, we saw that as really uh, important uh, to do at the end of the day, it's, it's the employer, right? Whomever's making the benefits decisions, you know, they're choosing what products and services to make available to their employees, but they also, you know, that doesn't make them experts in what's available and how to refer to it. Um, especially if they're an, a, in a smaller, you know, a middle-sized business where an employee, you know, the person making benefits decisions is probably also making payroll decisions. And, you know, they're wearing many, many hats um, and they're not group benefits or employee wellness program experts and nor should we expect them to be. So how can we help them leverage what they have? Because they might not even know. They might not even know some of the really great features in there that they could take advantage of and uh, and to better support their employees. I'm curious, and and I think that's a really, and this is why I'm curious, because I think that's a really valid point is that those smaller, medium-sized businesses, I'm guessing, they're those people are not going to be aware of all that. It's there, there's many things on their plate. So I'm curious if you found that there were more, or there was more interest or more sort of leaning into the group benefits yeah. from that size of company, as an example, because now they are more aware of what's happening or this changed their use of or leaning on group benefits? Yeah, I mean, I think time will tell a little bit there. I definitely will, you know, still see what happens. But, you know, in general, I would say it tends to be the larger employers with a bigger HR department and somebody who's specifically focused on benefits, perhaps, that are going to lead the pack as it relates to, you know, how much increasing the amount of coverage they provide, implementing a virtual care platform for their employees, running leadership-led mental health seminars in the office, right? It tends to be the larger employers that, that, that lead the way that way, but not always. But what we're seeing is that sort of what used to be, you know, if that was your experience as an employee of a large company, 
And that used to be unique to only large companies. And even long before 2020 happened, sort of that expectation of the employee experience and what your employer does for you has come downstream big time, right? I mean, small companies are competing for the same talent. And, you know, so kind of gone are the days where you can just have a bare bones uh, program and not offer some of these other services that the competing employer happens to make available. So we definitely are seeing a need amongst smaller companies to make those services available. But, you know, they, like all companies, are facing financial challenges in general, and especially this past year. And so looking and saying, okay, where can I invest? Is it about incremental investment? Or can I just get more out of what I'm already paying for today? So we are helping them leverage what they already have access to. But there's surveys out there that ask employers, you know, what's your plan? Or do you plan on how much do you cover today? And do you plan on, on increasing it? And while we haven't seen tremendous movement in the smaller companies in terms of the amount of, of coverage available each year, a big chunk are saying, but I'm thinking about it. And, and, and they're wondering how to do that. And so we're thinking about that too, is how do we help employers make some strategic decisions around their plan design? So what's covered? as well as you know, the, the experience of group benefits, what can, how can we make it easy for them to tell their employees about these services or, or tell the employees directly using the app instead of relying on the employer to cascade messages who honestly has a lot of things to do today. <laughs> so um, we're thinking about that all the time and we know that the need is there. They just might not have as much time or the know-how um, to do that as a company that happens to have a large human resources team that that is not doing benefits and wellness off the side of their desk. Yeah. Um, I, I love that it's, I love that this is really being thought of whether it's on, you know, RBC insurance's behalf or the company or the, you know, the client's behalf, but it's really being thought of as part of the full employee experience. Because I think for a long time, insurance felt like it was kind of out. It was just like an add on. It wasn't part yeah. of the full employee experience, but it really, it is right. All it of is. these things, we are whole humans when we show up to work. So it is all of the health pieces, all these pieces, they are part of the full employee experience. And I think it is, I think it's a wonderful thing that employers are really starting to think about it that way and being thoughtful of the future of what that looks like as well from, from what you're seeing in the surveys. Yeah. And, and, and we'll ask, right. We'll ask employers sort of, what do they expect of us? Right. Do, is it our job to do that for them? You know, and, and as employees will ask, you know, what do you, what do you expect or would you appreciate from your group benefits provider? And routinely we see it, right. That's who they expect it to come from. It's us. It's the group benefits provider. It, it intuitively makes sense that the person that provides your health and dental and life and disability coverage is also going to make services available to help me lead a healthy lifestyle or to recover if I get unwell. So that expectation is there, the, the, the understanding that it makes sense that we provide those services. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's no longer just that nice to have add on on the side. It's really core to what does your employer do to support you? Yeah. And your group benefits coverage, as well as all those other ancillary services we've chatted about are, are part of, are a big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank you for your time, Julie. This has been a really interesting conversation. Um, very revealing. I, I appreciate you sharing some of the trends that you've seen and some of the the realities of 2020 and COVID-19 yeah. on, on the industry and the employers and what you're and everything that is out there. It's really interesting. And I appreciate your time very, very much. Thank you for having me. 
Absolutely. Look forward to chatting again. Yes, I enjoyed the discussion. <laughs> Thanks, Celine. Go to rbcinsurance.com slash group benefits to discover more about how group benefit solutions can make a difference to your business. We're here to help.